Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. Have you ever wondered what key messages you'd want to leave with the people you love after you're gone? Maybe, maybe not. But our guest today has, and today he shares some of those thoughts that he's turned into a book. Welcome to the Life as Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is a mindset coach, host of the Transcend in Life Podcast, and author of the Amazon bestseller, Let's Go Win, The Keys to Living Your Best Life. He believes that everything rises and falls on leadership. Based on this belief, he spent his career focused on enriching the lives of others while continuing to educate himself on best practices in leadership, vulnerability, and teamwork. His passion is to help others succeed at work, at home, and in life by offering simple tools that provide a work-life balance. Here is J.M. Ryerson. J.M., welcome to the podcast. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, Josh. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here, brother. So I'd like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you better as a leader and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? Yeah, man. Let's do it. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? I think the most profound lesson that I learned is just being completely vulnerable. I remember early in my career, my first company, first one and a half company, really, I remember I thought I had to look a certain way. I had to wear certain things. And I had this idea of what it meant to be a leader. And I couldn't be further from being the leader I am today in terms of the way I show up with my people. It didn't mean I wasn't being myself, but I'd never felt comfortable in the suit and the tie. And and if that's your thing, that's cool. But for me, I'm more, I'm a kid from Montana. I'm a jeans and t-shirt guy, but I, I don't think that means I can't lead a team. And so I think for me personally, the biggest lesson was just truly being me and putting myself out there completely. I remember having advice that you should really separate, you know, business and friendships. And for me, that just was never the case. Look, I am going to give you everything I have. And I'm hoping that you'll do the same in the long run. You know where I stand. You know that I'm, I have your back and I'm all in, but I'm going to expect in return that if I give you a hundred percent, I'll want a hundred percent back. And when that relationship works, it's beautiful. But that truly was the biggest difference when I started kind of stuffy coat and the suit and tie wasn't really myself. And then I finally said, you know what, man, I'm just, I'm just going to be me. And that means if I want to cry in front of my team, I cry, man. If I want to give them a big hug and celebrate with them. I'm going to do that too. And it has helped exponentially grow all of my businesses since. So that would be no question the biggest leadership lesson for myself. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? A leader is humble. A leader is vulnerable. And a leader is courageous. Um, gosh, I want to add a fourth because I think confidence is really important as well. But that would be those would be the three humble, vulnerable and and courageous. I, I think those are the, the three descriptors for myself. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? 
What are we trying to accomplish? It's something I ask every single day, whether it's uh, in a, like a conversation today. What, do I, what am I trying to accomplish today? What are we trying to accomplish today? What are we trying to accomplish for this week, for this month, for this quarter, for this year? So frequently, we just get going and we're running around like crazy doing all sorts of stuff, but we're not really, we don't have clarity on where we're going. So slowing down and just asking the question, hey, what are we trying to do today? And is what we're doing working? If not, why do we continue to do it? So that's probably, I ask more questions than I do provide answers because so often it's just, let's slow down a bit. What are we trying to accomplish? And that will lead us to, okay, maybe we're not doing the right actions. Maybe we should pivot. Maybe we should change different things. And that's okay. I don't know any business that has just been the same business that has never changed or evolved. So we need to ask ourselves, what are we trying to do? What's a book that you would recommend to leaders? I'm going to say Man's Search for Meaning uh, or The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. So those are the two books that I probably listen to the most. And if I could throw a third, it would be Mindset by Carol Dweck. I think those are the three books that I go back to the most, even though I know all the Maxwell books are so incredible and I've read so many of them. But when it comes to like profound leadership lessons that I, the way I try to show up, those would be the three for sure. If you could get every leader to start doing something this week that would help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? Just remind yourself that it's not about you. Um, It's about your team. It's about what we're trying to accomplish. I think so frequently, especially as you get lifted into leadership, if you believe in that, or, or, you know, then we start to read our own press about how great we're doing. And we start to forget that it's not about me. It's about why we're together as a team. It's about what we're trying to accomplish. And I think that's something that, again, being humble, having humility, we all have egos. And I used to say I didn't, but the truth is we all have them. Whether we want to confront those or not, that's a different story. But being able to just remind yourself that it's not about me, it's about my team, it's about these amazing people that I'm working with, make sure that you're giving them the love, support that they should have and really require, and uh, you don't need to take the credit. If, if your team wins, you'll get enough credit. And finally, we have our arbitrary but insightful question, which is this, as a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Wow. I've never been asked that question. That's a, that's a really good, uh, I ask why, uh, as I understand the validity of asking why not for sure. And, and certainly challenging some, why not? Why can't, why can't we accomplish that? But I like to ask, why are we doing things so frequently? As I answered before, I always like to ask, why are we doing this? What is the purpose of that? So I would, I would go with why, but it's a great question, by the way. We'll be back with the rest of our interview right after this. As the leader of your organization, you have a lot on your plate. You work most of your day, leaving you little time to think about your own development. There's a resource for you, and it's called the Leadership Action List. Get the best leadership development tips for leaders by leaders at leadershipactionlist.com. The best news? It's free. Once again, for a year's worth of weekly leadership development, download the Leadership Action List at leadershipactionlist.com. Today, we are talking about leadership. We're talking about how to lead your team more effectively. But first of all, I'd love to start off with your book, Let's Go Win, The Keys to Living Your Best Life. Could you share with us a little bit about the book and what caused you to write it? Well, the cause started with, I have two boys. They are now 15 and 11. 
And I wanted to write a book so they wouldn't skin their knees quite as much as I did. And these are lessons from my parents, grandparents, mentors, and authors. And I just wanted to take all these, because I'll read anywhere from 17 to 30 books a year is approximately what I have tracked through the years. And I wanted to take all those lessons and jam pack it into a book that you could fly from LA to New York. And by the time you got off, you have tangible takeaways in these 12 areas of life so that as, as my boys ventured into their own world, that they showed up as, as better human beings, as, as being able to be their authentic self, being able to be courageous, have fun, transcend. Those are some of the, the chapters of the book. And it was just one of those things that was always important to me because those, those boys and my wife are my everything. And I want to give them everything I possibly can. And um, that was the idea because I, so often I try not to live in re- with regret, but I look back and I can't ask my grandparents questions that I want to now. I can't ask, I can right now, fortunately ask my parents the questions that I want to, but I wanted to put it in a book. So if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, they have a lot of the questions that maybe they want to ask some, someday that is in, in the book for them. And I was working with somebody, Josh, and she said, man, I didn't think you're selfish. And I said, what the heck do you mean? I don't think I'm selfish either. She said, if you only share this book with two human beings, you're selfish. And she was right. So went ahead and published it. And it's been awesome, man. Just if somebody reads a book and they're like, oh, this really helped. That just, that really fills my bucket because that's, that's my hope is that again, some of the mistakes that maybe I made or that I've learned from other people that they can apply and hopefully their life is, is better. So I'm curious about some of those questions that you were talking about that, you know, you want to be able to provide answers for. What are some of the questions either from the book or maybe even um, in follow-up after writing the book, some questions you think people need to be asking that maybe they aren't asking themselves? Why do I think this way? Why do I have these self-limiting beliefs? The truth is we are provided so early in life with our hard wires. They, They say, and again, a lot of things I don't know how accurate, but they say approximately 80% of our hardwires are put into us by the age of five. Well, that's kind of frightening because we don't even have a long-term memory at that age. But think about this. So uh, the best way I can relate this is my parents are amazing human beings, but my dad, his relationship with money wasn't really healthy. And so I inherited a lot of that and I had to process through the fact that making a lot of money isn't a bad thing. In fact, you can do some amazing things in this world. You can help so many people, but that wasn't my relationship early on. I felt guilty when I started making, I guess, substantial income and I didn't like the feeling. So I would almost want to self-sabotage making that money. And so that took me a while to process through it. And the point is, So often, little things that we say to our kids, to our own children, we don't know what that's doing to their mental, and we don't mean for it. My dad didn't mean to give me that relationship. It was just his relationship that was passed down from his dad that was passed down from his grandfather. And and those generations continue down if you don't stop and just say, why do I think this way? What, What makes me think that it's a bad thing to make a lot of money? It's really not. Now, if you show up in a different way, you're not doing good for the world, you're not making the world a better place, sure, I could see it not being a great, great tool, 
but that's not my purpose of, of being on this world. So anyway, that, that would be the biggest question I'd love to ask is why do I think this way? It's, you know, and let's really dig in a little bit. One of the things that comes to mind as you're saying that is how do you begin to identify and process through those, those beliefs? Yeah, it, that's a great question. And that is literally, so the, the biggest way that when I coach my clients, um, there's two things that all my clients, absolutely, it's a, it's a necessity for them to work with me. We're going to journal. The, the freest form of therapy is journaling, right? I mean, literally, you have pen, paper, and no judgment coming from the paper. So that's number one. The second one is we're going to meditate. And it's, that has been one of the most impactful things that has come in and out of my life. From about 20 to about 35, I would do it sporadically. From 35 till now, I mean, it's daily and it's something that's really important to me. And it's really just be that allowing us to slow down and, and think about some of these bigger questions in life, get clarity on what we're trying to do, really look and, and get further than just what's happening surface level. So that those are the two things that I absolutely, all of my clients, I'm like, look, I want you to journal because- I've never had a journal say, you're crazy. I've never had paper say, you're, you're, you know, it doesn't have judgment. So it allows you to get these thoughts out and say, wow, I am crazy or it's great. Or I at least purged it out of my brain. And then we meditate on, you know, nothing, or maybe we're thinking about what do we want to do? I want to do a podcast like Josh is doing. He's helping a lot of people. Cool. How do I do that? And if you just slow down for a second, a lot of those answers will come right to you. So another thing you mentioned earlier is your voracious reading habit, 17 to 30 books per year. How do you think about what you read, uh, what to focus on? Is it always things to help you in professional development in business? Do you branch out from that? I think that'd be interesting for people to hear, to think about for their own lives. Yeah. So I kind of let the books come to me. I, I keep a running list and it's really long right now. As much as I do read, I, I'm really behind in my list, but I tend to read nonfiction just because I'm so fascinated about what other people have done. I'm interested in developing neuroscience. I will geek out on a couple books a year. I will definitely get into nutrition, at least two books a year, just for my own Say, because I want to live as long as humanly possible to see my kids grow up, see their kids grow up, etc. So it, there's typically there's there's definitely leadership every every year. There's going to be uh, self development books every year. There's going to be neuroscience books every year and some nutrition books. So that's kind of how it looks. But like right now, I have two different books going on. One is just on uh, it's uh, Tim Grover's book, Winning. And it's just because somebody said, I, this is important for me that you read this book, JM. And I was like, cool. And if anybody says that to me, I will absolutely put it down and commit to reading the book. Now, if it's a really crappy book, they get one shot at it. And so I'm like, hey, just make sure you really like this book. And he's important in my life. Eric is his name. And he said, I want you to read this book. It's important to me. And I said, no problem, man. I'll, I'm in. Someone that I have previously interviewed on this podcast. I, I was I was talking to him in follow-up, you know, I just kept in contact with him over the years. And he mentioned that he has a mindset coach. That was the first time I'd ever heard of anyone talk about a mindset coach. So I'd love for you to talk about mindset, especially uh, as it converges with leadership, the value of mindset, especially when it comes to people's leadership. Yeah. So the simple answer is mindset matters. 
And there's a couple of quotes that have always stuck with me. Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. I think that's one of the more profound quotes that has ever existed because it's so true. Whether you believe you can do something or you don't, you're you're spot on. And so that tells you your mindset alone, just it, it's going to allow you to get to that place or not. And there's there's all sorts of real things like the imposter syndrome, right? Like the first time you probably did a podcast or, I, or I'll speak for myself. The first time I did a podcast, I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just doing a podcast, right? The first time I wrote a book, who am I to be writing a book? What do I know about being an author? And so it's a real thing that that we all deal with. And we have this inner dialogue going through our brain all the time. And that's our mindset to a degree. And so there's a not a war because I try not to use that terminology, but there you're being torn, right? We have 40 to 50,000 thoughts going through our brain every single day. And not all of them are positive. So you're telling yourself a lot of times, you can't do this. You're not adequate. Whatever you are telling yourself. And sometimes those negative thoughts will overcome your positive ones. And so when it comes to having a positive mindset to really filling your brain and rewiring, there's a couple simple things you can do. And that is one is a daily affirmation. I am so it is so vital. Let me tell you how important it is. My kids have said the exact same daily affirmation every single day of their life that they could speak. So for my oldest, he was about three by the time he could say it. For my youngest, he was 10 months and he has been saying it every single night. In fact, they won't go to bed until they say the daily affirmation. And it's it has shaped the way they think because so often you're going to get bullied. You're not going to feel confident. You're not going to feel strong. The world's going to knock you down. But they have told themselves over and over and over that they are these things. So even though Billy may say, you know, Trey, you're not strong, he goes, yeah, I am. And so that's a couple of the things when it comes to your mindset that you can rewire your own brain by doing some simple tools like doing a daily affirmation and setting your intention for the day. So in preparation for this interview, one thing you share with me is how you use the learn, apply, reflect model. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that and how leaders who are listening to this show today can use that for their own lives, maybe even use it for what they're hearing today. Yeah. So I believe everything is is threes. And so learn, apply, reflect is just the way. So for instance, we talked about books earlier. If you read a book, you're learning something. Now, let's say, uh, I don't know, Simon Sinek, start with why. And you're like, oh, I want to go apply. What is my why? And then so you're you're applying that to your business. Am, am I congruent with my why? Is this making sense? And then you reflect, is that accurate? And so often, whatever you learned and then you went to apply, it wasn't. And you see it, especially those people in sales. You're going to learn a, a sales tactic. And you so you learned it. Now you go apply and then you immediately need to reflect and say, did it work? Did it not? How can I make it better? And so it's a constant thing that we're always doing. And anybody that's a parent knows exactly what I'm talking about. You learn something, you go apply it, and then you have to sit back and say, did it actually work? Did, let's say, you know, spanking my child, did that actually work? Yes or no? Uh, sending them to time out. Did that actually work? Yes or no? And so you continue to refine so that you can show up as your very best, uh, whether it's in sales, parenting, being an athlete. What did you learn? Go apply it, then reflect and refine it. 
So I'm curious, is there anything that you'd like to make sure that the listeners leave with, whether it's something that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet or something you just want to make sure that you are able to reiterate before we finish up today? You know, the biggest thing that I've been talking to people about is, is believing in themselves. I, you know, I worked with this gal and I'm still working with her and she, I'd been working with her almost six months and she's a professional golfer. And finally, at one point I asked her, do you believe that you can do this? And she said, no. And I was like, oh my gosh, I completely missed the boat. This should have been the first question that I started with day one is, do you believe that you can do it? And then if you do believe, then you got to go all in, right? I don't know anybody that success, especially a, a professional golfer, my goodness, it's such a fine line between making the cut or just being, you know, and no, you know, being a very good amateur and she, so that's what we're working on. And I'm like, I won't say her name, but you know, person, you need to believe in yourself. I believe I've seen you play. I've seen your abilities, but it has to start with you first because you are the one out there over that golf ball every single time. But this applies for anywhere in, in business, in, in life. Do you truly believe in what you're doing, who you are in yourself? Because I promise you the world will tell you. And if you've put anything out there, the critics will tell you how crappy you are. This wasn't the best. You have to believe that you are able to do that. And hopefully you know the purpose behind it. So I guess, Josh, that would be the biggest thing that it's just been weighing on my brain recently as I'm watching people start businesses or certainly with that golfer. I'm like, it starts with you. And if you can get that belief in yourself, you can accomplish amazing things far beyond your own belief, obviously, but you have to start there is I believe in me. And a lot of times that's not easy for people. So again, if you go back, do some daily affirmations, you can rewire your brain to believe in it, but you have to start with your mindset right, right there. And that, that belief is just, it's paramount to people succeeding or not. Well, JM, if people have connected with what you've shared today, where would you like for them to go to find out more about you and the work that you do? Ah, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And hopefully they did. And I would love to hear from them. They can go to the letsgowin.com. There's a free work-life balance there, or you can go to Let's Go Win 365 on any of the social media platforms. I love hearing from people, good, bad, or indifferent. That is one thing I didn't say, Josh, but feedback is so important to me. I would love to hear, hey, you're full of crap or you're great, and I want to know why you feel both ways. I'm, I'm okay with all of it. But I, I, if they do resonate, I would love to hear from people. So let's go win 365, any social media platform. Awesome. JM, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Brother, it was truly my pleasure. And keep doing what you're doing, Josh. It's awesome. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to follow up, remember, as always, links are in the show notes below. Until next time, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. 
Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well. <laughs>